Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. My name is Alex McLeod. Today we're joined over teams by Angie to talk about the Eating Disorder Support Network of Alberta. So going right into it, who are you and what do you do? Hi, I'm Angie Mellon, and I'm the Acting Executive Director for the Eating Disorder Support Network of Alberta. Awesome. So what is the Eating Disorder Support Network of Alberta, for those that may not know about it? Yeah, so we are really working to ensure no one faces an eating disorder alone. We offer support groups that are facilitated by registered professionals, such as psychologists, dietitians, psych nurses, occupational therapists, recreational therapists, and we also offer tons of resources. So we also have facts, stats, we can help you navigate the public health care system. We really just want to let people know that we're here and we're here to offer support if you need it. For sure. And on average, how many Albertans would you say face an eating disorder? So according to the global prevalence estimate, there's about 1.75 million Canadians that are facing an eating disorder. So it really across the board, a lot of people are being affected by this. And out of that, what do you what would you say is the most common eating disorder? And how does each eating disorder specifically affect a person? Yeah, so the most common eating disorder is actually binge eating disorder. It affects men and women almost equally, and we see it across age groups, anywhere from young kids all the way up into 80-year-old, 90-year-old people. So you see it across the board. Eating disorders really can have such a harsh impact on people's lives. They can cause really distressing emotions when it comes to food, when it comes to exercise, when it comes to body image, or even just going on social media can be a distressing time for people who are experiencing an eating disorder. And regardless of which kind of eating disorder, if you are experiencing distress when it comes to food, when it comes to your body, when it comes to exercise, you deserve support. For sure. And what are some of the causes that people experience getting an eating disorder? Yeah, so eating disorders arise for so many different reasons. There's biological, social, and psychological factors that all play into it. Genetics are a part for some, but not for all. Trauma is a part for some, but not for all. It can be a result of wanting to control things, but not for all. So it really it really depends on the person why this comes up, and it really is going to be completely individualized to why this happened. But there are a few risk factors. So there are risk factors such as people engaging in behavioral activities that have a large emphasis on weight, size, or shape. So think gymnastics or wrestling or those kinds of activities that where weight is a really big focus. Or there's bullying and trauma that can play into a part for some people as well. So it really is individual how they arise and there's no real rule for how they're maintained either. For school specifically, with school coming back, how would school affect this with class, with unstructured time, stuff like that? Yeah, so school can be a really triggering time for people who are susceptible to eating disorders or people who are experiencing one already. And this is due to a number of reasons, and this can include a lack of access to a variety of foods. I mean, you bring your lunch to school, so you might not have all the options you normally would have at home. There's unstructured meal times. Once again, you're not eating being supervised by your parents or you're not eating with other people people so could have an impact there there's academic pressure perfectionism is a huge piece for some people with eating disorders so if you're feeling that academic pressure that might translate into an eating disorder as well um, sports and athletics are a huge one if people are being really pressured or they want to perform well in their sports they might look towards an eating disorder to help do that there's puberty that happens for everyone so those are big changes that go on your body is changing that can be hard to deal with social media I mean, 
diet culture and wellness trends are all over social media. So that can definitely play a factor and it can definitely increase negative emotions as well. For people entering college and university, there's this newfound independence. You don't have your, your parents telling you what you do all the time or when to eat or, you know, that sort of thing. So there's that lack of structure that happens. There's also the change of routine. You're transitioning from summer where there's not much routine to now you have to go to class and you have school and you have the sports and so there's that little change there that happens and then for college and university students financial pressure can also be a huge impact because as we all know college is expensive university is expensive so if you're having to pay for that it might translate into you not having money for food which could translate into eating disorder behaviors taking hold so and with social media specifically have you seen an increase and have you seen more of a negative effect due to social media so social media i want to preface this by saying i don't hate social media it can be a great tool for so many reasons but there's also a lot of harm that can come with social media just because people are promoting promoting what they're doing and other people might take that and try and use it when it's not really great for everyone. So you might see on social media, I've seen tons of TikToks like the what I eat in a day videos or those sorts of things. And those can be actually really harmful to people with eating disorders because they see those and they see, oh, this is maybe what I should be eating in a day. They might restrict their calories to match that person, even though it's not going to work for them. So we see those sorts of trends that pop up or you even see trends that are designed to be positive, like the the normalization of all bodies at all times of day or that sort of thing when the space is not always completely welcoming for everyone. So I saw those challenges where girls would show their roles and that's a great thing, but oftentimes you're still seeing straight-sized white women doing it and you're not really showing the diversity of bodies and including including everyone in that. So And going into relationships, whether through social media, whether boyfriend, girlfriend, whether parents, mm-hmm. how do they affect an eating disorder, whether positive or negative? Yeah, so we really want to emphasize that recovery cannot be done alone. You need a support system. And so having a positive support system is great, but that's not always the case for everyone. Not always, not everyone has supportive family, supportive loved ones, or people who understand and get it. And so when you have parents or loved ones that make comments about bodies negatively or make comments about food negatively, that can be really triggering to someone. I think of when people say, oh, chips are bad. There's no bad or good foods. They're just food and they offer different options and nutrients and different opportunities. Chips are fun, so they're not just that, you know? So uh, you have comments like that that may be small, but can play a role in that. Or if you have someone, if, if you have a parent who's constantly talking about how they don't like their body or that they want to lose weight or that they want to change their body, that can really harm someone who might be struggling with that themselves saying like well if they don't think they're good enough they might not think i'm good enough so those sorts of conversations can really have an impact on people and we internalize those messages all day every day and going into the financial pressure one how would you combat something like that obviously food prices are soaring how do you kind of balance that yeah food insecurity and eating disorders is such a complicated topic because food is expensive right now inflation is high we know food prices are high right now so to combat that it's really a multi-step process you need to have support available so you're able to manage distressing emotions when they come but you also need to be able to plan your food accordingly to make sure you're not binging food when you get it and then not having food for the rest of the time you might not have it so you have to be able to 
manage your food choices, but also have options. So we really recommend people check out their local food pantries. They're really great options. The Edmonton Food Bank does a really great job. I know there's food banks in Fort McMurray that would help people. So we really try to encourage people to look for those options to make sure they always have an adequate access to food if possible. We're joined over teams to talk to Angie about the Eating Disorder Support Network of Alberta. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're joined over teams by Angie to talk about the Eating Disorder Support Network of Alberta. And going into some tactics to help recover from an eating disorder, what are some that are really helpful? Yeah, so when it comes to social media, we encourage people to follow people that encourage body and size diversity, that are health at every size aligned, that don't promote diet culture or promote weight loss. Those kind of things can really help boost your social media feed because that Instagram algorithm just keeps giving more of what you look at. So if you're looking at negative stuff, it's going to show you more of that. And then other ways is reach out for support. Early intervention has been shown to have the best outcomes. So if you're experiencing any distress regarding food, body image, or exercise, reach out for support. You don't have to have a diagnosed eating disorder to get support. You can get support at any stage in the process. And then for like modeling behaviors, if you're a parent or something, try to avoid making comments on bodies, whether that be positive or negative, just because that can kind of play into how someone might feel about themselves. Avoid labeling foods of good or bad. When thinking about exercise, try exercising for enjoyment. So try finding stuff you love to do instead of finding stuff that's going to punish you or just to burn calories you know you want to have that fun in your life with it as well yeah we really encourage people to just try to be as open as possible with their healthcare providers as well with anything that's going on because healthcare providers are there to support so they want to be on your side and what are some tactics that are often like pushed out or seen as helpful that can be very damaging to people if they use them incorrectly or don't quite understand i would say it's very individualized it depends on the person for this i mean I would just try to avoid engaging in diet practices if possible. The monitoring calories can be really harmful to a lot of people. The monitoring of carbs, fats, that sort of thing can be really harmful to people. Any sort of fasting diet might not be appropriate for everyone. So by being critical of those fads when they come about, you think of fasting, you think of keto, or I think of even Ozempic recently, try to look at those things with a really critical eye about how how else are they promoting diet culture? How else are they promoting methods to be thin instead of methods to be happy? For sure. And how can parents safely talk to their kids about eating disorders? Obviously not making too many comments about bodies, but how do you approach such a, I guess, sensitive topic? Yeah. So we have kind of like a three-step process for people who want to approach someone with an eating disorder. So that first step is approaching them. You want to approach them in an environment that's calm, that's neutral. Don't throw in your concerns about their eating disorder. If you're having a heated conversation about something else, make sure you have a private place to talk and use I statements. So when you're talking to them, say, I've noticed this. I am concerned about this. I've seen this. Try not to blame or shame them in any way because that will prevent them from opening up and talking to you. The next step is really assessing. So you want to gather as much information as possible because eating disorders are so complex. So you want to ask them, 
what might be causing these changes for you? Have you noticed anything else going on in your life? Are there any other emotions coming up for you? And then the last step is really referring uh, that person for extra help. So if if need be, maybe going to a doctor and discussing what changes are coming up for them there, maybe seeing if they can get into a treatment program or in line with a psychologist or a dietitian to help them out, or even accessing other supports like our support groups that we offer from the Eating Disorder Support Network of Alberta, or one of the many other organizations across Canada. There's Calgary Silver Linings Foundation, there's Netic, there's Body Brave. So people really have a bunch of options. And yeah, I really encourage parents just to be calm, be kind, and validate emotions that come up. So if someone is is saying something and it might be kind of hard to hear, try to keep a neutral face and try to say you understand, but you don't have to agree with behavior. It's just acknowledging that it's real to them. For sure. And for, I guess, beforehand, if before an eating disorder starts or starts to develop, Mm -hmm. how would you go about doing that as well? Let's say if you're talking to like a younger kid and kind of putting that out there, like this could be something that you may be affected by. Yeah. So we really encourage encourage parents to model the behaviors that they want to emphasize for their kids. So when we say like all foods fit, make sure you're also enjoying all foods. Don't just say that for for other people. Make sure you enjoy them too. Show that you show your kid that yes, you can have a piece of cake, but you can also have a veggie casserole. So show them that there is fluidity in that. And then also try to promote a, maybe a neutral body image. So encourage them to appreciate the things that their body is able to do for them, what it can do and how it supports them instead of maybe how it looks or what the appearance is. Really focus on the effects of your body. So try to promote those healthy habits from a young age just so they grow up with a good relationship to food and to their body. And how can listeners get involved and where can we learn more? Is it through your website or social media? Yeah, so we're really active on social media. You can find us on any platform at EatingDSNA, or you can find us on our website. Uh, It's at www.edsna.ca. We have so many support groups up on our website for people over the age of 18 and parents and caregivers. And so we have great options there. We also have so many resources. We have tips for people who are going to the doctor for the first time and need to have some tips on how to talk to them. We have resource sheets for fitness professionals who might be trying to find a better way to engage their clients without engaging in diet culture practices. So there's so many options on our website and so many resources there as well. Awesome. And right before we finish up, is there anything else that I missed about your organization, about eating disorders, about anything in general that you want to push out before we finish up? I just want to emphasize that our support groups are health at every size aligned. They're professionally facilitated. There's no need for proof of diagnosis. And there is a fee associated, but financial assistance is always available. So if that fee is a barrier, please reach out. We will waive it. No questions asked. Awesome. Well, I just want to say thanks, Angie, for taking the time and letting us know about it. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.